You're listening to Thank You Five, a podcast devoted to Omaha's vibrant performing arts scene. My name is Dana Schweiger, and I've worked in Omaha theater for over 25 years. I'm sitting down with directors, performers, musicians, technicians, and designers to discuss their artistic talent, their passion, and why they continue to call Omaha home. Ashley Laverty is a theater maker originally from Worcester, Massachusetts. She is the founding artistic director of Kerfuffle, a theater and dance company devoted to creating performances with and for children under six years old. With Kerfuffle, she has written and directed Nested, The Caterpillar's Footprint, and most recently, Goose and Gert, a co-production with the Rose Theater. She is a teaching artist and specializes in drama in the early childhood classroom. Ashley is a co-chair of the American Alliance for Theater and Education's Early Childhood Network, a master teacher on the Nebraska Arts Council Teaching Artist roster, and she was proud to be one of the five 2018 Artist Fellows at the Union for Contemporary Art. Ashley is the 2019 Ann Shaw Fellow with TYA USA and traveled to Bologna, Italy to see international theater for early years. She holds an MFA in Theater for Youth from Arizona State University and a BA in Theater Arts with a concentration in Musical Theater from Point Park University's Conservatory of Performing Arts. Ashley Laverty, welcome to the Green Room. Thank you. That's so nice to get a chance to meet you. I'm so glad you reached out to me. Me too. So Worcester, Massachusetts Mm -hmm. is where you are from. Now, I am not that familiar with Massachusetts, so where is Worcester compared to something else I might know. Oh, yeah. It's, so it's right smack in the middle of the state, okay. and it's 45 minutes west of Boston. How many people? I think like 250,000. Okay, so it's close to the size of Omaha. It's yeah. a lo- little smaller than Omaha. It reminds me a lot of Omaha, actually. It is the second largest city in New England Okay. after Boston. Okay. What grade school did you attend? Thorndike Road School. Okay. I'm um, just... Three blocks away from where I was born and raised. Do you still have family in Worcester? Yeah, my whole family. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and how many people in your family? It's a pretty small family. It's just my mom and my dad, and then I have one older sister, and she's married. They actually live outside of Boston in Dorchester, and they don't have any kids. It's just me and her. Me and her. When you were in grade school... Did they have any little, like, class plays or anything that you participated in? Yeah. So what was your first role? My first role was actually in a community theater because my sister did theater, because my mother did theater. Okay, so you come from a very theatrical background. Yeah. So my mom did community theater, like, in her 20s, and she was in Oklahoma and MAME. And then my sister started doing it. And Kelly, my sister, she's eight years older than me. So she was in a show. She was 14 or 15. They needed a little boy. And I was there at rehearsal because she was babysitting. And I had a similar haircut to what I have now, which is a pixie cut. And so the director was like, oh, my gosh, your sister's so cute. And I was six. And she was like, do you want to be Humulus the Mute in Humulus the Mute, which is basically about a 
a little boy so who you had a lead role. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those plays where, like, the lead is the man, like, when he grows up, but you see him as a kid. So I played the little boy. And um, I had one line, and it was, thanks. But you're a mute. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That just reminds me of of him. (laughs) Did you ever see the movie Soap Dish? No. Okay, I'm going to go off on a tangent, but there's, for anybody who saw the movie, so you should see the movie Soap Dish, first of all, because it's excellent. But there's this scene where there's this girl who's like the daughter of Sally Field, and she, she wants to like get involved. So she gets into like this, this TV show, and, and she's supposed to be a mute. It's on a soap uh-huh. opera. And she, she says something, and the director's like, did the mute speak? Oh, <laughs> You're mute. You're not supposed to speak, love. Sorry. (laughs) Way big tangent, but I'm sorry. No, that's really funny. I know. I know. So Humulus the Mute, yes, is a mute. But the part of the play is basically that he can say one word a day. Oh, okay. And the word is supposed to be to his mother, who is like the queen. And the word is supposed to be like, I don't remember, like, hello, probably. And so my big scene is that the maid pick something up for me in front of the queen and I have to make the big decision and I say thanks to the maid instead of talking to your yes. mom and then my character is exiled and then like that was it I then I grow up and then you grow up and I don't know what happens in the rest of the play I have no idea oh my god don't leave me hanging like that I know I have no <laughs> now idea I got, now I gotta look it up <laughs> I gotta look it up okay so that was your first role yep and then, and so that was a community theater role. Mm-hmm. And then you did like probably little class plays and everything yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Did you do any other community theater when you were in grade school? Yeah, I did a lot. Um, my mom, my sister and I did Wizard of Oz together. I did Annie with my mom. Like pretty much me and my mom did a lot of musicals together. So you probably knew like going into high school that that was something you were going to continue. Yeah. What shows did you do when you were in high school? Do you remember? In high school, Grease and Little Shop of Horrors. And I, I was Audrey. It was a big deal. Uh, we did Jesus Christ Superstar, which is like a kind of a funny choice looking back on it, like <laughs> at a public high school. Yeah. But we did. And we were really into it. What else did we do? Oh, we did Footloose. And then I kept doing community theater all through that time, too. So I, I was really quite involved with a lot of things because I played sports I did the high school musicals and then I was doing community theater and taking dance classes and I was really focused on musical theater and decided that's all I wanted to do and I was going to be on Broadway by you know 22 sure (laughs) so you graduated from high school uh, which high school did you go to I went to a high school called Burncoat High School in Worcester so you graduated in what year 2005. 2005. And then, so then where did you attend college? So then I went to Point Park University. Before Arizona State. Yeah. And so Point Park's in Pittsburgh. And so I went there because they have a conservatory and they have, they have a great musical theater program, but they are known for their dance program. So they are like number one in jazz dance. I, I am not a dancer. I am a mover. I'm a strong mover. But um, so that's really what Point Park's known for. And but I it was super scary to go to Pittsburgh by myself. I didn't know anyone. I'd never done anything like that before. I had barely even been away from my parents. 
for longer than a week. But you knew it was musical theater is what you wanted to do. Yeah. You know, at the time. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Four-year program? Uh, yeah. So you received your bachelor's in theater arts mm-hmm. with a concentration in musical theater. Mm-hmm. How many shows did you do a year? I o- only did, I didn't do that many shows when I was there, really. It was a really competitive program. And so I did like junior and senior year, I did some plays and like some one acts and things like that. And I think for me, it's interesting because college challenged me so much because I didn't get cast in a lot of shows. And so I kind of had to start making my own opportunities. So my friends and I started the first student-run theater company while we were there, but it was a conservatory. So people go to a conservatory to be trained in one thing. And so I think looking back on it now as an adult, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I would have made that choice now because now I have my own theater company and there are so many skills that I frankly like wish I had if I had gone to a liberal arts program. And so going to a conservatory where then we started the student-run company and we're like, but look, you have all these opportunities to write plays and opportunities to direct. Most of our friends weren't interested in that because everyone was there to be an actor. So I started taking playwriting classes and I stopped taking as many dance classes and that's why I didn't end up getting the BFA. I went for a BA in order to pretty much just expand my horizons. And But, but then when I moved to New York, I'm getting out of order, but when I moved to New York, Later, I then jumped back into the performing, like, focus, and then I was getting cast a lot. So for four years in school, I didn't really get cast very much, and that forced me to, like, learn other things and realize that I was interested in other things. But then for four years in New York, I was, like, back into, like, I'm an actor. So did you go to New York directly after you graduated from Points Park? I did. Point Park, not Points Park, sorry. So you went to New York. Did you go by yourself? Did you go with friends? I went with my boyfriend okay. at the time, who I'd been dating since freshman year. <laughs> and uh, friends. And was he an actor? Yeah. Yeah, he's doing great for himself, too. He's like, he's an equity actor and doing all kinds of things and working at big theaters. And, and that's awesome, because that's what he wanted to do. But like I mentioned, like, I kind of always knew in my heart that it wasn't really for me um that I enjoy it but it's really hard Mm -hmm. it's so hard and I just kind of truly never felt fulfilled just being an actor it's understandable so you were in New York for four years Mm -hmm. which part of New York did you live in so first I lived in Brooklyn and it was right this was 2009 so uh Williamsburg had just gotten really cool So I lived like two stops outside the cool part of Williamsburg. But I think those stops are now like really, really cool. (laughs) Uh, Then I went on a national tour. So I went on the national tour of Curious George Live with a company called V Corporation. So I was away for a year. And that was really great. And that was one of my first steps into children's theater, theater for young audiences. Mm -hmm. I saw the country. Got paid really well. So you traveled all over the U.S.? Mm-hmm. I came to Omaha. Okay. In 2010. We stayed, we performed in Council Bluffs, but we stayed in Omaha. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. And then I went back to New York 
single, ready to, <laughs> you know, stretch my wings, and lived in Astoria, Astoria, Queens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you only do the one national tour? No, then I, so then I was in Astoria auditioning, starting, starting to do teaching artist work, and just kept getting hired to do children's theater. And was that, was that by design or was that by necessity? Children's theater? Mm-hmm. When you, hmm. got, when you got started, because I'm assuming that that started when you were in New York. Yeah. So was it by necessity to pay the bills or, and yeah. then you kind of fell in love with it? Or did you already kind of have that in the back of your mind? And Yeah, I think, so a little bit of both. Okay. Because prior, like when I was in college, my first paid gig was a um, amusement park as many people's first gigs are. And it was a children's amusement park in New Hampshire called Storyland. And I was working, our cast are people who I'm still really good friends with, and they deeply cared about kids. I think that's really important when you're working in theater for young audiences and for children's theater. If you're working with other actors that truly value the work that you're doing, then that hopefully will rub off on everyone and so that I was really fortunate to work with these people that were like no we're gonna do like the best show possible even though it's our eighth show of the day at 2 p.m and everyone's angry (laughs) you know because everyone's been in an amusement park all day right so I had it in the back of my head I knew I cared about it I knew I was good at it and then I kept getting hired and was like oh I think I am like really good at this Mm mm-hmm And so when I was in Astoria, I was hired by the National Theater for Children. And so that's a touring company in Minneapolis. And they send two-person shows to rural America, to elementary schools where most kids have never seen a show before. And I had zero experience with that before this. And I remember New New York jaded me so quickly. So I remember being offered it. And kind of like rolling my eyes and being like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll do this two-month educational theater thing. And within 10 minutes of the first rehearsal, I was like, oh, this is something different. This is like truly life-changing. And it did. It changed my life. I had never performed for kids sitting right in front of you in a gym before. Fifth graders were coming up saying, like, I've never seen a play before. And I started thinking, like, oh, I think I'd be a really good teacher. I think I'd be a really good drama teacher. And I started looking into grad programs. And But I have done theater since I was six. And it's, you know, pretty much, like, the only thing, like, I'm good at. Or, like, I know so much about. I felt so confident. And so the thought of just... To me, the thought of being a teacher in a public school classroom wasn't appealing. So, you know, I did some more research and I discovered an MFA in theater for youth. And so there's very few programs in the country that do that. But I looked at UT Austin, um, Emerson and NYU have an MA in theater education. And I found Arizona State and applied and moved there. Go Sun Devils. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Two-year program or three-year program? Three-year program. Three-year program. Mm -hmm. What was your thesis? What did you have to do for your thesis? My thesis was all about chaos in theater for the very young. So 
my first, so I went into grad school like, hello, I'm Ashley, I'm an actor, and I don't really know what I want to do. And I had a lot, I had some teaching artist experience from New York working with children under five, and I would nannied a lot, and had now done children's theater, and had now toured, and had seen that side of things. And first semester of grad school was introduced to this idea of baby theater and theater for the very young, theater for early years. And it is, there's some commonalities in that kind of work. And one of them is it's nonverbal, highly visual storytelling, often has live music, sometimes like very movement-based, dance-based. And I was like, gosh, this sounds really, really cool and really different than anything I've ever done. So I pretty much spent the next three years focusing on that, focusing on early childhood, drama in the early childhood classroom, dabbled with museum theater and just teaching artistry in general, working with eight-year-olds directing musicals, but all leading up to the creation of Kerfuffle. And Kerfuffle's first show, The Caterpillar's Footprint, was my thesis. And so it was all about chaos and how chaos is not negative. And sometimes chaos is where the beauty is happens. And, you know, within chaos is where engagement is happening, especially with children under five. When you were in school, did you have, did they bring in kids? Did you have a pool of kids to work with to what type of class, you know, what type mm. of class situations did you have yeah. for like practical experience? Yeah. Especially since you're learning as you go along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every class was different, but we had um, we had methods of teaching drama, and it's Arizona State, so it's the public largest public university in America. So there's three daycares on site, and most of those children are professors' children, but we had them come into our classroom. I think that class met twice a week for 13 weeks. So I think the last six weeks of class, every single class, we were having groups of three and four year olds coming and we were doing drama with them every single class so that was really incredible and then child's play is the large regional children's theater down in tempe arizona so it's like you know the rose here in omaha and so i was a teaching artist for them for three years so doing saturday morning classes going into preschool classrooms teaching drama and working with people who have done it forever or much longer than i have so i learned a lot just by working there as well. What are some of the techniques you use when you're in a class with, you talked about it being very visual. Mm-hmm. Probably not a heck of a lot of dialogue. So, mm-hmm. and I believe you said music and those types mm-hmm. of things, everything very emotional stimulating. How do you work that uh, with a class of two to six-year-olds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. What, what does it mean to be a teaching artist for the young? means you have to be patient and you have to be willing to pivot. So I, I lead a lot, a lot of trainings and professional development workshops, and that's my biggest piece of advice is it's okay if everything goes wrong and you've planned the most perfect, perfect, quote-unquote, workshop or class and you think it's all of these things are going to happen. But and this is going back to the idea of chaos. Like chaos is not bad, but you just have to be willing to pivot and change and be super flexible. And I think working with really little people makes you really humble 
and realize like you're not really the expert in the room and that's okay. And that's kind of the core value of Kerfuffle is that we partner directly with young people to create work for them because you're never going to know what interests a two-year-old unless you have them in the room and you are playing with them or you're showing them the part of the play that you think is going to scare them or you think is going to bore them or you think they're going to find so funny and then there's nothing more humbling than when they do the opposite of what you expect (laughs) and like okay then we just have to pivot and we have to change or also know like it'll change the next time the two-year-old is there or different two-year-olds are going to react very fluid yeah so it's all about being flexible and when I teach very young children very sensory-based kind of classes, so many songs, singing all the time. And I have like a fairly high threshold for chaos in that way too. Like we might sing and then things get like really loud and I'm okay with that and we move our bodies a lot and we're up and we're down and we're lying down and we're rolling around and we're singing and then we're we're back in a circle. Um, And I do a lot of book-based work, like using picture books and, and then we act out the picture book. And then what Kerfuffle does is we create original plays, but we work directly with young people. So we go into a class, we lead, or not even a class always, depending on the project. But sometimes we're in a class, other times we're just with a group of children at a museum or in a public space. And we explore, like themes or characters or ideas that we think are interesting and try to see what they think too and sometimes you're working with pre-verbal children so that's a really fun challenge how do you know how do you know if a pre-verbal child likes what you're doing and how do you know like what a pre-verbal child wants to see next or is engaged by or engaged with and so that's like a constant challenge I guess like something that I don't necessarily know if I know the answer to it's probably something where you can just maybe after having done it for a time body language Mm -hmm. facial expressions Mm -hmm. and eye contact and eye contact totally so you said the caterpillar's footprint was the very first, it was like the the start of Kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. And you did that. That was your thesis down at Arizona State. Yep. So that was in 2016. But the development, the workshop developments were in 2015, fall of 2015. And then our model is that then we go into rehearsals with adult actors. And then we perform the show. The genesis of the name Kerfuffle. Yeah. What is that? What is the yeah. what 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 is the meaning? What is the so kerfuffle? A kerfuffle is like a mess, like okay. a cluster. Okay, <laughs> like whoa, what a kerfuffle. Okay, and when I was learning about theater for the very young, and what I have since experienced firsthand, is theater for the very young can be and is like so much. There is 
So physically, so literally, there was usually a lot of stuff in theater for the very young. Like my basement is full of scarves and egg shakers and we have a yurt dome and we have puppets and there are so many things and a lot of that is because of the target audience. So there's stuff for them to touch, for them to smell, for them to feel, for them to watch and interact with and and in the workshops and in the performances. And then, you know, figuratively, there is a lot going on. A lot of our shows have live music plus puppetry or, you know, a soundtrack of xylophone while actual puppets are in front of the audience audience interaction there's pre-show experiences and post-show cookies and coloring so there's just so much stuff (laughs) so I really was drawn to the I don't know where the word came from in my brain Mm -hmm. but it just suddenly was like yes that's it sure did you do all three of these pieces down in Arizona State or down in, I shouldn't say Arizona State, but did you, when you were in Arizona, did you do Nested and Goose and Gert? Or well, I guess not, because that's a co-production mm-hmm. with the Rose. But had you done um, Nested? Mm-mm. So, also here. Okay. So, so you did the Caterpillar's Footprint. Mm-hmm. You basically found a kerfuffle mm-hmm. by yourself. Yeah. What made you decide to come to Omaha? So, I got a job. <laughs> well, that always helps. <laughs> So I went, so I was, a, so like I've said, so I was an actor, Yep. had all these survival jobs, teaching artists, national tour, come back in New York, struggling, you know, then I, there was a whole bunch of different little contracts here and there. And I got, I went to grad school partly because I was like, okay, I think I should have a full-time job now. Like, I think I should do this. So I found a kerfuffle, had this very successful project, and then was hired by the Rose. As a teaching artist, then? Mm-hmm. As a full-time teaching artist. So I came to Omaha a week after graduation and was like, okay, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> so I moved here August 2016, and I was a full-time teaching artist and the director of early childhood for three years. And so that's what brought me here. And while I came to Omaha, we had already had, Kerfuffle had already decided on another project in Arizona. So... We're an LLC, so I, like, Frank, like, quite literally, like, own the, the LLC. Yep. But I have an associate artistic director and a managing director, and so they were both still in Arizona. So they did a project called Wonder Wander, which is a dance piece for the very young. And so that happened at the Tempe Public Library in 2017. And then all of the stuff, all of the kerfuffle of kerfuffle came to omaha in 2017 and now lives in my basement but your managing director and the associate artistic director are they also living in your basement (laughs) i wish (laughs) did they stay in arizona no and so that's sort of the struggle that comes with starting a theater company when you're in a transition part of your life sure you know that maybe i would look back on and give my former self different advice but but then at the same time I love where kerfuffle is so sure you know but it's a learning curve they both moved because they both got jobs too sure 
So my managing director is at Imagination Stage, which is a larger TYA company than The Rose. That's in Bethesda, Maryland, right outside D.C. And then Associate Artistic Director, she's in Lawrence, Kansas. Her name is Amanda Pintori. And so she's the Associate Director of Performing Arts at the Lawrence Art Center. And so she's actually from Omaha, which is a really funny (laughs) connection that I'm here. And so the three of us are really good friends also, Mm -hmm. and they're really supportive, and we are navigating this relationship and this company long distance. Sure. And have lots of plans and dreams on how to come together. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is like a pretty... As a struggle because there are not a lot of companies who do that. Right. <laughs> right. Talk a little bit about Nested and how that project came about. So in 2018, I was one of the five fellows at the Union for Contemporary Art, which is a art museum in North Omaha. And I, one of the amazing things about that fellowship, besides being in residence at this just incredible facility and being in the presence of four really inspiring, incredible artists, is I had a studio. So I had a rehearsal space, I had a storage space, and a performance space, because at the end of the year we had a a show. And summer of 2018 is when, well, it's not at all when family separation began, but when suddenly, like, it was known to the public of of families being separated at the U.S.-Mexico border. And with all of that happening with the current U.S. administration, I was feeling really futile and definitely struggled of like, what am I doing? Should I quit my job and go to the border? And how how can I possibly help? And my very small attempt at talking about it, responding to it, was Nested. So Nested began, we did six creative drama workshops in the Abundance Garden, which is in the backyard of the Union. And it was June, July, and August 2018. And Haley Greenstreet, who is a great teaching artist, and she's at the Rose right now, She was the main teaching artist for Nested, and we welcomed anyone to show up on Saturday and Sunday mornings and went into the garden and basically did lots of improv with these kids and focused on, like, one week we focused on dirt and, like, going underground and, like, who lives in the dirt. And another week we focused on like other insects in the garden and creatures of the garden because I knew, I knew that I felt upset about what was going on. I knew that I felt futile about what was going on. And, and then also was creating this play. And so I had not connected these dots yet. And what we started discovering through our creative drama, we're asking questions like who lives in the garden and where is their family and do they have a family? We realized that the kids were giving us all of these answers of like, there's a creature who's very lonely. There's a creature who's been away from their family. There's a creature who's like really upset. We don't know where their home is. 
And then we would go into my studio and we started building this 10 foot, 10 foot in diameter, four and a half feet tall nest made out of chicken wire and wood. And we started covering it with yarn. And so over the course of those three months, paired with what was going on like in our country and with what the young people were bringing to the table, I realized Nested was about refugees and about home and like who who comes into your home. And so that was, I mean, like I said, that's just like a little attempt mm-hmm. um, to respond and it was all nonverbal, so we went into rehearsals in November with the actors and a musician. And, and are these adult actors at this point? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talked about that, and I shared what we had learned in the workshops and shared photos and, and videos of, of the workshops, and then we performed the play. And the exciting thing about nonverbal theater is that the audience can literally take away whatever they want but then maybe maybe the hard part of being a director is like oh are they getting it like do they understand do they like get what I'm trying to say and I'm trying to like you know respond to this terrible thing that's going on so what we did do is on the walls of this the gallery annex it was a small room in the union I wrote up basically the story I just told you we had little papers like takeaway for parents to start a conversation about family separation if they wanted to. And, and, and I still had questions from audience members of like, so what was that? Like, what, what does the nest represent? And, and like, again, like that's kind of the cool thing about nonverbal theater is like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like you can take away whatever you want. And, and if they wanted to talk and engage in conversation about it, then I would. So you didn't do any like formal Q&A afterwards or anything like that? No, I didn't. How many nights did it run? Just one night? No, we had six shows. And they were all at the Union? They were all at the Union. How many kids participated in the workshop portion, do you know? We had 12 workshops total, and we had several children who came back every month. Okay. So we had repeats. Mm -hmm. I think we had about 15 different children come. And then most of them came to see the actual show, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. And that's also one of our main values of Kerfuffle is these young people who help develop the show. Then they come see the show and they see like, oh, my gosh, I named that character. You know, even though it was nonverbal, like sure. on the wall, we talked about the character names, which were Tingle Poof and Glogamworm and poppy and those came directly from the children and what's exciting about that going into rehearsal too is to tell the adult actors like okay so these are your character names and these are made up words from these four-year-olds that I had the honor of working with and and that's a really exciting jumping off point Mm -hmm. like what is who's tingle poof what does that mean right (laughs) I don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's whatever you want it to be yeah are you still working at the rose no okay but you are a teaching artist, so you go out into the community. Mm-hmm. That's right. You go into the schools? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find great joy in, in facilitating drama in schools. Is it usually like a multi-class program, or is it usually like a one class, like I come in like one day, 
or does it vary? It definitely varies. Typically with early childhood, it usually is uh, like an hour, 45 minutes, Mm -hmm. but over uh, like repeated. Sure. So it usually isn't like a one-off kind of thing Mm -hmm. with early childhood. And uh, that's truly because for their development, like coming in one time for 45 minutes, a stranger Mm -hmm. coming in, like that's... Mm-hmm. That's kind of a lot. And so to build the relationship and build the trust with children, you you need more time. And that that's true for people of all ages. Do you, work in, do you work in collaboration with the with the teachers in to whose classroom that you go into? Yeah. I lead a lot of professional development workshops and with the Rose too, like did a lot of programming where we were partnering directly with like the same teacher for months even and talk to them of like, what do you want to do and what do you want to learn? Um, I do a lot of curriculum infusion, like drama integration. So taking a curricular topic and teaching it through drama. So with early childhood, it's usually English language arts. So how can you teach a vocabulary word? One of my favorite lessons is... um, the book Muncha, Muncha, Muncha by Candace Fleming. <laughs> I don't know if you know it. It's about a garden. I don't. <laughs> it's about a garden and this gardener who um, is just trying to have a garden. And then every single night, these three little bunnies go tippy, 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 pat. And then they eat all the vegetables like muncha, muncha, muncha. And then they disappear. And then the gardener is super mad. And then so then he builds a fence. Then the next night it happens again. So he builds a wall. The next night it happens again. He builds a huge wall. He builds a moat. He locks the door. And so I teach the word strategy through that story. So how do you teach the word strategy? Well, you talk about the word and then when you're acting out the story and you're acting out what can happen, you say something like, repeat after me, we need a strategy. And then everyone's like, we need a strategy. And choral speaking is a really awesome technique to um, have young people start to learn those words. Or other things too, like social skills is a big one with drama integration. Like how do you teach respect without lecturing to a five-year-old? And instead let's act out a story about a character that might feel kind of disrespected and, and let's explore that. That's really cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Do you go out into the rural parts of Nebraska, or do you just stay pretty much in Omaha? Since I've been here, I've only really been in Omaha and Lincoln. Um, We had a kerfuffle, had a really awesome opportunity to partner with the LEAD Center in Lincoln. And we brought the Caterpillar's footprint back in 2018. So that was as far as I've gone west I'm actually going to be doing a residency in Albion, Nebraska, mm. just like two hours away. And that's in November. So I'm really excited about that because I actually haven't seen a lot of Nebraska <laughs> still. Sure. What all is going to be involved with that? So that'll be drama integration, but it'll be with the whole school. So I'll be, I'll be in residence for a week and I'll be working with K through eight and I think I'm, I'm hitting each grade like three times in the week and exploring, exploring stories basically through drama. And I'm really excited. Is there like a big showcase at the end or is it just in the classroom? Not like a big showcase, but mm-hmm. I think more like a sharing or like an informants. Like I think we are inviting families, but sure. not like in the 
auditorium. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Firefly. Yeah. Let's tell the audience about that and where that was performed. It's It was just done. It just opened yesterday. Yep. And then yep. we have three more shows. Okay. Let's talk about Firefly. So one of my huge goals with Kerfuffle is to not direct everything. Okay. And a lot of that, to be perfectly honest, is I think MFA – MFA is about balancing academic and practitioner. So I studied theater for the very young and then was like, oh my God, so now I'm going to do theater for the very young. And I did and directed and acted in and and wrote TVY, theater for the very young shows. And I've realized now Kerfuffle has come to a point where it is time for me to really focus on running the company we have a nice repertoire of shows. We have built an ensemble. And there are people in Omaha and around the country who have worked with us and hopefully want to keep working with us. And so a huge goal of mine moving forward is to bring in way more directors and designers and have myself focus on the other parts of it, the less... The less sexy parts of it, I guess. (laughs) Sure. So Firefly is created by a really fabulous artistic person named Jessica Burl Logue. And so I've worked with her at The Rose several times. And then she was in the remount of Caterpillar's Footprint when we went to Lincoln last year. And she was a really heartfelt person who... Her background is in early childhood and and arts integration in that way. And she approached me about this project called Firefly. And she's from Maine, so we've always bonded about New England in that way. And she had this idea for this piece where young people would experience what it's like to be in the dark woods of New England. And this is inspired by an experience she had as a child where she was afraid of the dark. And so she was really interested in that, like exploring the fear of darkness and what that feels like as a child. And her grandfather is who would bring her out into the woods and then show her the fireflies. And I've never experienced this, but she's shown me lots of pictures. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but fireflies like light up the whole space where you are, you know? No, I mean, I have like maybe five in my backyard every year to firefly right me too (laughs) but not like that many right and so and so she just had this like really incredible experience that really impacted her and especially and I was someone like this too as a, a kid like I was pretty fearful of a lot of things and so this clearly you know that her grandfather telling her this and then her seeing these fireflies has deeply impacted her as she moves forward and thinks about fear as an adult So she and I talked and dreamed and and we partnered with the Omaha Children's Museum in April and May and we led creative drama workshops and we played, they have a glow-in-the-dark room that's practically dark and then there's black light and we play with glow-in-the-dark paint and we ask them questions about like, are you afraid of the dark and why are you afraid of the dark and who comes out in the dark and what happens in the dark? And then we set up our yurt dome in the Children's Museum and we played with shadow puppets. What is a yurt dome? A yurt dome? 
So there's permanent yurt domes, and then there's my yurt dome. Yurt dome is basically a big tent, or excuse me, a big dome structure. And so the permanent ones are like wood. People live in them. But Kerfuffle, we have a portable one, and it's white. And it's 14 feet in diameter. It's seven and a half feet tall, and it's like a big circus tent. And so it's perfect for shadow puppetry. And so we started playing with it, and... Jessica has led three actors in creating from scratch with no script this really incredible adventure and it's all about it's all about a park ranger and her name is Park Ranger Glow and she's here and she invites the audience to follow her through the woods and she brings them into her very special tent and then we see on either side of of the tent this really beautiful, magical story of, of animals. We see all the animals as they're getting ready to go to bed. We and that's see, the shadow puppetry. Mm-hmm. We see a moose and a raccoon. And then eventually it goes to complete darkness. And that was really important for Jessica. She really wanted there to be a moment of, of darkness and to play with that fear. And that is something... It's really, that's like a little risky. It is. <laughs> with, with anyone, but especially like with, with five-year-olds. Yeah, like a moment of complete darkness and like what, what will happen. And, and that kind of goes back to that idea of chaos too. It's like, will they scream? Will they cry? Is it okay to be scared? And I think it is. I think it's okay to have that moment of like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And it happens after Park Ranger Glow has established trust in the audience the whole we've been in the yurt dome for about 15 minutes when it happens and then the fireflies come out and it starts really slow and then it grows and there's green lights and there's blue lights and there's white flashing lights and then there's two puppet uh two puppeteers katie otten and malik fortner and they are doing all of the firefly puppetry around the yurt and it's a complete 360 experience around you and where's that being performed it's at outer spaces it's at outer spaces on south 13th street and unfortunately by the time people hear this podcast it will have come and gone mm-hmm that's but right that is a good introduction to kerfuffle <laughs> what do you see on the horizon for your company what's next so we have a really big goal, and it's to become a nonprofit. So I want to apply for 501c3 status, and I'm ready for a board of directors. And the reason, I don't, I don't regret not becoming a nonprofit right away, because being an LLC has allowed me to have creative control, and to, we have done We've consistently had one or two new projects every year since 2016. And like I said, you know, we have a nice little repertoire of shows now. But I think it's time to really, in order to like move forward with what I really want to do, I think we need to have 501c3 status, a board. It's time for fundraising. It's time for like accountability. Because I want to tour. I want to go into schools 
We had a really cool opportunity earlier this month in July to bring Nested to Educare of Omaha, Educare of Indian Hills. And that was really special. And it's just not something right now we're able to do very much, like very, you know. So that was really special, and I want to do more of that. And I hope to remount Firefly somewhere as well. That's, that's a big goal in the rest of 2019. Is your goal to, if you make nonprofit status, to tour outside of Nebraska as well? Is it something that you'd want to tour all over the country? Yeah, I would not say no to that. <laughs> you know, like, sure, that sounds amazing. Sure, it does, but, I think, but, like, re- but at least starting out, keep it regional. Yeah, yes, like small steps. Sure. I was just thinking of your ties with Arizona State and being able to... Go there. Yeah, work a collaboration there. Mm-hmm. Or even work a collaboration with uh, with your friend down in Lawrence, you know, or the other mm-hmm. one, and where your other friend is. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, outside of D.C. Thank you. And, you know, have those be starting points. Absolutely. And the wonderful thing about Amanda and Lawrence is, so she is directing and choreographing her focus is dance for the very young and she is creating lots of work at Lawrence Art Center for Lawrence Art Center and so one of her big goals is to have a big toddler festival in the next few years and so Kerfuffle will hopefully go there and so Mm -hmm. hopefully by then we will be set up to tour a little bit easier Mm -hmm. because you know the tour was very mad the tour to Educare a couple of weeks ago was was really magical, but it was a lot of work because mm-hmm. we're not a set up to tour, right? You know, so it's like, oh, can I borrow your minivan? Okay, let's fit everything in my trunk. Blah, 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 blah you know, right? So that's a, a big goal <laughs> as we move forward. Is like, how do you make touring easy? And I have a lot of touring experience, so I I know it can be easy. Right. I just have to get us there. <laughs> One thing I didn't ask you about was the production of Goose and Gert that you did with the Rose. Tell me a little bit about that production. Yeah, it was a workshop co-production with between the Rose and Kerfuffle. And so And I, when was that done? It was in June of this year, June 2019. Oh, okay. We did a workshop co-production of it in three public parks. And so I directed and wrote the show. It was nonverbal, two actors and one musician and we rehearsed at the rose but then performed in three public parks sorry no like that's I'm like okay. <laughs> which public parks did you perform in we performed um we performed four performances at elmwood park like right by the playground gifford park by the playground and miller park right by the playground and then uh, i'll be coming to the Rose fall of 2020 to direct a full production, which will be in their Hitchcock theater of the show. And so we rehearsed the show and then I taught a Goosinger themed camp with four, five and six year olds. And we got to bring parts of the show to my campers and we got to get feedback from them about what they liked and didn't like and what they were interested in and what they thought was silly. And then we continued rehearsing the show and then performed in the parks and then we gathered feedback about the show through a QR code 
And that is all meant to help the development of the play. So then we'll do a full production, like I said, in 2020. So when you performed in the parks, did you advertise for that? Or did you did you just show up and then like kids in the neighborhood that were going by stopped? Or how does something like that work? We did social media. And then besides that, it was all day of. And truly, performing in a park is really hard. Because Elmwood Park, it was... 75, sunny, we had little yard signs, we were right by the playground, we had huge crowds of kids who just showed up, it was great. Gifford Park, it rained, Mm. so we had to cancel three out of four of our shows. And then Miller Park the next week, it was so hot. So we still had a nice little crowd, but it almost, almost everyone were people who follow Kerfuffle or The Rose on social media. Okay. Because it was too hot. Sure. So I certainly learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe I should, oh, I don't know, like look ahead a little bit more of, of the weather, maybe make a second plan, you know, or maybe more marketing is necessary if I'm going to rely on, on folks to be at the playground. And then they're not because it's 95 degrees. Sure. And the playground is in direct sunlight. Well, but I think that's something, and that's something, though, that your your actors realize that, you know, they could yeah. play for two kids. <laughs> yeah. And my actors were really great. Uh, it was Karina Dumars and uh, Kumiko Adachi. And then Adam Sherrard was the musician. And they were all really generous with their time and really excited and and understood that they were going to get really sweaty. Mm-hmm. So how do you take something that goes from outside to inside? And it's been a while since I've been in the Hitchcock, so... I don't remember how many people that seats. The Hitchcock is the smaller black box. Right. So Upstairs. I, mm-hmm. There's about 125 chairs. Okay. Usually when the Rose does theater for the very young up there, people sit on the floor. Sure. And so my dream is that the set will be a tree, will replicate the park. Okay. And that the audience will be on the floor, probably. And But it is something that Matt Gutchick and I talked about post post the workshop is how do you bring what's special about the park into a theater and at the park if a four-year-old gets bored they will leave sure especially if their parent isn't there right they'll just call an uber and yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) they're done (laughs) and like because a lot of their parents were like over at the playground and then they like ran over to see the show And then they're like, oh, okay, I'm over this. Or maybe it wasn't even that they were bored. They just, you're competing with a playground. Sure. So I was like, wow, this is, this was a big experiment. Theater for children under five next to a playground. Hmm. Like (laughs) we have to be more interesting than the playground. But in the Hitchcock theater, in a controlled space, in a theater space, where a parent or a grown-up will pay a certain amount of money to bring them in. Right. If a four-year-old is bored, they will probably not leave. Right. You know, or sure. wants to move or, or something. So that was an interesting lesson that I learned or observed. And then there's a couple other things that I want to try to put into the show when we're in the theater. Like, it was really fun on the windy days. The audiences thought it was so funny. We had a big umbrella 
Uh, It's all about Gert, who's here to have a picnic and have peace and quiet, and Goose does not want to let Gert be alone. So Gert has this big umbrella, and audiences thought it was so funny when the wind would blow the umbrella away. But we did not plan that. Right. Because we're outside. Sure. But in a theater, you could plan that. And you right. could, like, make that a bit. And that could be really funny. Or actually, it could it could feel too forced. And Sure. So we're going to have to find out what happens in a year. And when is that being done again? That will be September 2020. Okay. At the Rose. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. For those who are interested in your program and being involved, or at least coming to see your your programs, how can we find out more about Kerfuffle? You can visit our website. Okay. It's um, www.kerfuffletvy.com. And we're on Facebook and Instagram. And that's K E R F U F F L E T V Y T V Y. Yep. And you know we have, of course, you know I'm reachable by email, and I love meeting people in Omaha who are interested in early childhood because the I've met many of them at the Rose, and I hope I know I haven't met everyone. Mm-hmm. who is interested in this kind of work. So I, ha- I have a limited pool of people. Um, and, you know, when we've had auditions, there's a, a good group, a hearty group, but I know that there's more. And I think, I hope that Kerfuffle and the more projects we do here are also opening up the eyes of, of actors, too, who might want to be challenged because it's a really exciting challenge to devise a nonverbal play that then you will perform for three-year-olds that maybe your three-year-old audience might like come on come on stage <laughs> like or on quote-unquote on stage because right. we don't really have a traditional stage how does that change and challenge you as an actor and I think it really keeps you alert every show is different for actors who want to do it is there are, are there daytime uh, commitments involved or is it usually in the evening or is it a combination that's a really good question so all of our so far all the projects we've done have been while well, I've had a full-time job so everything's been at night but our performances have always been during the day traditionally weekends weekend mornings it's very nice with Firefly we have the luxury of performing on Friday mornings and with Nested we, we were able to do that too just because there's lots of people that are looking for things to do with their kids on weekday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I'm conscious of and trying mm-hmm. to, to have performances then for those folks. Yeah. Okay, so Ashley, what is your favorite color? Mustard yellow. M- mustard yellow? Boy, <laughs> it's not just yellow. It's mustard yellow. Yeah. Now, is it spicy brown mustard yellow? No, or is it- <laughs> no, no, no. God, no. No, it's not spicy brown mustard yellow. All right, it's just straight up must- French's mustard. Yeah, well, maybe a toned down a little bit from French's. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't live in Omaha, where would you like to live? Europe? Oh, or Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. I take it back, Hawaii. Because I got to go to Hawaii a couple years ago, and the beaches were amazing. 
and I love the ocean. I guess my other answer might be Massachusetts too, like Cape Cod, because I'm a Pisces. I'm a water person. I like, I love the ocean. And that has, that has been a struggle for me living in Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> lack of water. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> if you could go back in time and have lunch with any historical figure, who would you like to have lunch with? So it's funny about you asking this. Someone asked me this like at a job interview once and oh. I like totally froze and was like, I don't know. Like, and I didn't get the job and I'm like, is it because of that question? <laughs> <laughs> like, I froze. So I think Lucille Ball okay. would be someone because that quote of hers where she says, I'm not funny, I'm brave. What I'm, I'm not funny, what I am is brave. I have not heard that quote. That's, that's neat. Isn't that an amazing quote? It is. That really resonates with me. I do a lot of comedy at the back line in downtown Omaha. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's been something new since I moved to Omaha. Stand-up or improv or? Improv. Improv. Okay. Yeah. I think I'd love to talk to her about, uh, I mean, she's such a trailblazer and she is so funny and she was so brave and also a trailblazer for women and feminism and yeah, I just think she's like a really incredible person and to talk to her about about her life and her personal life and her career. Oh, or Carol Burnett, but she's still alive. She is. But But that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to have lunch with Carol Burnett. Yeah. She's awesome. If you didn't do children's theater and you had the desire to go back and do a musical, is there a musical out there that you haven't tackled that you would love to be in? Oh. Well, I my favorite musical for a long time was Avenue Q. Okay. And I got to be in it. But I wanted to be Kate Monster. And you weren't Kate Monster? I was not. Were you a bad idea bear? No, they didn't do the double casting. So I was Lucy. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh. So I would love to go back and do that show to be Kate. I've always wanted to be in Into the Woods. Never been in it. Never auditioned for it. Um, Would love to be. You just missed your chance. I just did it this summer. I didn't get to see it either. Yeah, I didn't either. I want to be the baker's wife. Or, oh, I had another one, but I can't remember. I wanted, I guess I just really love Waitress. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Uh, You know, I don't do musical theater, so I'm not a singer. You don't. So so I I would not be. uh, Like if you were. If if I were, um, you know, if if I actually had a decent voice and the range for it, I I would love to I would have loved to have done like magenta in Rocky Horror. <laughs> yeah. That would have been that would have been fun to do that. So yeah, I bet that would be such a fun show. It would be. be it would be. All righty, ma'am. Well, I'm not gonna ask you my other standard question because you do work with, you know, youth. So I won't ask you what your favorite curse word is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I could tell you I won't say it. <laughs> I I am partial to the F word. Okay. I, I say it a lot. Um, and so I guess that's actually why I really like the back line. Because 
my whole life it doesn't have to be about sure children and children's sure. theater you know and exactly and like it's a nice release because that isn't for kids right and that's okay because right. we all need to have our thing that's only for us exactly. so improv is just for me i like it mm-hmm. thanks so much for coming on the podcast thank you for having me thank you for listening to the thank you five podcast with original theme music by tim valier for more information about tonight's guest please visit www.thankyou5pod.com. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Google Play to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And remember that right now, somewhere in the world, a stage manager is saying, five minutes to curtain. Thank you, five. 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 five. That's the other talk.